Content Lifecycle Management. A new spin on an old concept or a brand new category. Jaron Rubenstein, a longtime marketing technology expert or a new visionary in search of an audience. Tune in and find out in this edition of Ruby Absence. Hello, dear listener. We had some technical difficulties during the recording of this episode, so the audio is imperfect. It's a short episode, so hopefully you'll be able to make it through. We're also writing some thought pieces and hosting some upcoming events, so we promise we will make it up to you in future episodes and through future touch points. Jaron, welcome to Ruby Apps Insights. It's amazing to have you back. Thank you. I am as amazed and enthralled as you are at this topic. This is an exciting conversation I'm looking forward to. Thanks, Alex. Content lifecycle management. Let's talk a little bit about that. Can you break it down for us and tell us what it is? Absolutely. So the idea behind content lifecycle management or CLM is that today's brands and, and, and businesses communicate to their audiences across a wide array of channels. And those channels include multiple venues and formats and uh, you know everything from websites to social media to events to uh, direct mail to in-person messaging, collateral. And, and this, all of this can broadly be referred to as content. And content really begins with, begins with an idea. Begins, often there's a marketing strategy or a content marketing strategy behind it all. And from there, you, you get an idea. You get uh, content having to be developed, formatted, and refined. And refined some more, perhaps approved, needs to be at some point shared and broadcasted or published and syndicated. And then a decision has to be made to save it or to archive it or to keep it up to date, to change it, to do more with it, to repurpose it in new channels and new areas. Um, and that journey from inception to decision is effectively the content life cycle. And as brands, as firms, as organizations have turned more to this idea of content marketing, thought leadership, and, and that as a mechanism for conveying their expertise and their value in the marketplace, the amount of content and the complexity of that content has all just continued to increase exponentially. And, and the teams that are tasked with managing that, I think, are, are, are really uh, uh, put to task. <laughs> trying to capture all of that. And so the idea of thinking about things not just as, as, as a blog post or as a social media post or as some sort of uh, communication, but rather as content that needs to have that be carried through that full life cycle. Let's target some of the phases of the content life cycle, of which you referenced in your last response, but I'd like to touch on each one, starting with the creation of content. Content creation is is where it all begins for sure. Uh, you know this this varies between organizations. This may be there may be a single person that does a lot of the content development for an organization. There may be a team, and depending on which 
it is. Um, you know, ultimately, I think it always comes down to one person drafting to install, uh, tweak, or outline, or or the document content itself. Um, and then they're ultimately going to wind up most likely sharing it with other team members for review, possibly uh, other team members or management for approval or compliance or things like that, sometimes for legal requirements. Um, and creating that content, uh, you know, may, again, may take many different formats. Um, and there are some organizations, there are some content formats, social media posts are one where it may be a lot more fluid, a lot more rapid fire. Um, others may be created and revised and um, implemented over a period of, of months. Uh, and so how those digital assets get managed, um, where they get stored, whether there are libraries of images pre-approved or otherwise, whatever that format is, it, 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 uh, it needs to take place in an environment where it's created and, and curated. Um, and there are pain points throughout all of that that I think can rail the content creators. And really, I think the biggest struggle for most is in, uh, in, in, in the, the technology and tooling getting in the way of content, the idea is really what's most important. After creation comes management. Uh, you know, so you have these content assets now and you have them some some version, some some version, let's say it's um, it's ready for approval, or maybe it's been approved. Whatever that process may be, there's likely some sorts of workflows involved. You know, some organizations will use more uh, uh, platforms that can help with these things, like you know, Box, Dropbox, Google, even Microsoft. But there's a lot of organizations too that prohibit the use of those platforms for um, security, for data privacy. Do you have a take on the interplay between the content lifecycle and the tools used across it? Often, if you know, often there's a there's a marketing plan and there's a plan for distribution or delivering that content. And for example, let's say that there's a blog post that's going to go on to the organization's website. Um, I think often what happens is, uh, as a result of that plan, everything is kind of oriented around that. So it's a blog post. They're restricted to whatever a blog. Do it's going to be this sort of format, this sort of voice, and, that sort of and so I think that's actually one place where the delivery technology and mechanisms get in the way of thinking more holistically. Well, this is a content type that we are going to be able to deliver across multiple platforms, um, and we don't want to be restricted by the technology or by the format that one platform might have. So, for for instance, um, you know, social publishing platforms like. A, you know, like a Hootsuite or a Buffer, they push snackable content out to social media networks, and they, you know, in, in return, going back, you're often thinking, well, you know, what's this short content going to be? What's this short form going to be? And it's going to live on its own, and it may not even be associated with the longer form content that perhaps you're trying to promote via that mechanism, um, via that delivery um, um, channel. And so I think that uh, having a more holistic view of content and thinking about it as a particular kind of content, particular marketing um, package that is then going to be sent out to all of these different channels. 
All right, let's skip to the end of the life cycle where things get interesting about making actionable decisions for your content. And that in particular focuses on analysis. More and more marketing is driving business and business value and sales. The way to show that return is obviously through metrics, simply analyzing um, the results of your marketing strategy, your marketing efforts. Um, you know, business intelligence tools, which are replete with analytics and dashboards and visualizations, can provide insights into that, insights into marketing and sales initiatives and how they're performing. But on the flip side, they some of those tools tend to be a little bit overly complicated, um, require really more of a technician to manage them. The core idea here is that when you're developing content or planning to publish, you need to know what metrics you're seeking to, to affect before you publish. There are, uh, you know, there are a lot of insights that you can get from analytics these days. If it's something like a website, it's actually relatively easy. You have things like visitor analytics, things you can review, um, uh, you know, the, the customer, the client engagement, with your content uh, on the web or on social media or, or within technology. Um, but beyond that, it gets a little bit And that's also where having a view that engages, really that, that, that encompasses the entire content lifecycle allows you to um, think about things from the beginning and see how all that content is being about building. So maybe it's not just about visitor analytics. Maybe it's about how often a particular service description uh, you know, description of one of the services that your firm provides, uh, organization provides, how often is that being used in internal collateral, uh, uh, right? How often is that being used in pitches and proposals? How often is it being pushed out to social media? Um, how often are folks, you know, pulling it out through their interns? And so um, being able to tie all of those pieces of content together and analyze them overall helps you provide a better, better internal ROI of not just the sales, not just the dollars that are coming in based on that market, the marketing effort and the, and the content that you're developing, but also um, the internal benefits. For people interested in learning more about Ruby apps and about the content lifecycle, can you share a little more detail about this year's Ruby apps dev camp? Yeah, I, I, I cannot wait for this year's Ruby apps dev camp um, coming up uh, uh, shortly. And the the combination of, uh, of marketing, technology, thought leadership, and thinking know-how with, um, with the hands-on training within Ruby Apps itself, uh, and, and as well as the opportunity to get feedback from some of our uh, most prolific speakers, um, it's really just a combination that I love, and I know that um, the folks that attended the last one had, uh, had amazing marks <laughs> across the board, and several are returning. Um, and I'm sure many more will be joining us uh, upcoming dev camp. But it is—it's an opportunity for um, for our firm's leadership here at Ruby Apps, for our, some of our engineers, some of our team leads, and we actually have representation across the whole organization. So we have someone from each of our real, really each of our functional teams will be attending for, from the Ruby App side. Um, so we'll have folks from our quality assurance team, from our from our project team, from our um, engineering team from our core product development and core product development. So having um, a, a cross-section of the organization for us gives us some great internal first-hand uh, uh, feedback from, from, from users of the system um, and ideas about 
uh, where um, you know where we can evolve our roadmap going forward. Um, but then the the folks, the users that join, really get to hear from us firsthand what that roadmap looks like, what we're planning to do. Um, it's really, really exciting. Uh, I hope that uh, our listeners will join us. I hope that uh, they'll be able to make it. And um, there's a, a URL I presume we'll share of how to, uh, how to get into Ruby Apps DevCamp. Yeah, Rubenstein, frequent guest, visionary, president, founder of Ruby Apps. Thank you again for joining us for Ruby Apps Insights. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Ruby Apps Insights is recorded at Studio 55 and is hosted by Alexander Kotler. For more insights and detail on Ruby Apps and enterprise software developed by Rubenstein Tech, visit rubyapps.com. Until next time, have an awesome every day.